When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to where it all began. Kind of funny's MCU in review, but we're doing something a little bit different. Get away from the doorbell, guys. Well, not now. I'm introing a show. We're doing something really special today. We're doing MCU in preview. We're going to be taking a look at the future of Marvel Studios projects and making a bunch of fun predictions on where we're going with that. But for this one, I decided we're not going to have the normal crew, Nick's dumbass and Greg and Andy. No, 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 no. We need a real professional. So I called him out of the Blue Dungeon itself, straight out of New Rockstars, Eric Voss. Oh, thank you. Sorry about that doorbell. Now is not a good time to swat you. I apologize. Exactly. Exactly. Eric, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm uh, now we're in kind of like a rest period as we await Moon Knight. This mm -hmm. is what we call a bit of a dry spell at New Rockstars, where we really just start scraping the bottom of the barrel for theories and and hot takes, uh, tapping in on the goss, but trying not to focus too much on the leaks because we don't want to spoil anything. But it's this is kind of a fun period, you know. I, I catch up on some sleep before mm -hmm. before a new MCU series uh, takes over my life. So this is yeah, this is nice. Yeah, very, very well-deserved rest for you because I swear, man, like, you know, ever since I got into the content game, I've been able to consume content a lot less and less and less over the years. But you guys over at New Rockstars, you, MT, all the crew over there, literally is the only thing that is, like, my religion when it comes to YouTube. Like, if something's coming out, I am watching it. I love the breakdowns. You guys do, honestly, the greatest work out there when it comes to all the Easter egg breakdowns and just the amount of love and care and, and just passion that goes into it also thank you for all of that man thank you for saying so that's very kind of you and yeah i'm glad you shouted out mt we have a growing team at new Rockstars, which actually makes me feel a bit more relieved headed into this in the olden days it was really just me and our editors who were working our butts off to find this stuff now uh we have a team with mt uh we have a a new researcher and host uh whitney who's going to be appearing on these after shows and some of these breakdowns as well as mt and i so it's uh it's going to be a, a more of a family journey uh, a family road trip as opposed to just a, a plunge into the rabbit hole with me I can tell you from experience that having having the squad, having the family is definitely uh, a necessary thing. So I'm very I'm proud of you guys, and I think that that's going to be absolutely huge, and especially for you, because I every time I'm watching movies and stuff, like we essentially watch the movies and then we go and talk about it for two hours and we fight a little bit and it's fun and that's the end of it. I can't even imagine what you have to do of just combing through this shit frame by frame for the <laughs> movies. Like I I, I want to do a whole other show with you at some point just on the behind the scenes of how it all works for like. Like your uh how you even have all the footage from every movie and you know exactly what you're looking <laughs> for. I, I can't even imagine it but 
that is not what we're talking about today. Like I said, we're going to be looking into the future of the MCU. Um, I don't really know where this show is going to live. It's half screencast, it's half in review, but what it definitely is, is MCU in preview. Of course, you can get it on youtube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in review, and we'll be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free, if you wanted to watch it live as it's being recorded, you got to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny just like our Patreon producers Molecule, Gordon McGuire, Fargo Brady, and Pranksy have done. Today, we're brought to you by DoorDash and MeUndies, but I'll talk to you about that later because I want to get right into it. Eric, here's where I want to start. I sent you a Google document of every confirmed release date so far for Marvel Studios projects and all the shows that we know are coming and all the shows that we have a bunch of hints that are happening, like things like Werewolf by Night, etc., etc., <laughs> Yeah. To start this off, I want to go through and try to figure out what we think, as of today, March 14th, 2022, what we think the release schedule is going to be. And then I want to go project by project and predict what cameos we think are going to be in that movie and what the post-credit scene is going to set up in the mm. future. Okay? Okay. How confident do you feel in this? I uh not at all to be honest with you uh in terms of like the release schedule even the release schedule keeps shifting around and you'll have some promos that come out and say this is everything that's coming out in 2022 but they leave out other things for which we saw promos a year ago uh and then when it comes to the post credit scenes I have learned to to keep my predictions vague and uh nebulous and um just kind of let people fill in the blanks on what my theory is but yeah. not today. Today I'm not gonna today. I'm gonna I'm gonna aim small and I'm gonna miss small. I love that. And then so that's the whole thing. I know how the internet can be, and I know especially for, for Eric over at New Rocks, there's a lot more credibility over there than over here. So this is all for fun. This is us. We're not putting bets down. There's nothing crazy. We're just going balls to the wall, trying to use our 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 expertise in the in Marvel Studios to try to guess what we think they're gonna do. But we all know we can't predict shit. <laughs> <laughs> I will be putting money on this though. I okay. uh... I have some guys speaking Slavic languages over in the corner who are just throwing 20s on the ground. Mm -hmm. Dogs are barking. It's pretty chaotic over here. So let's, oh God, okay. They don't like that I called them out. Sorry. Guys. Let's, let's, let's make Eric some money today, okay? Let's start off looking at 2022. We know all the release dates right now from Moon Knight. We got Morbius, and we're going to count a couple of the Marvel movies that aren't technically MCU because uh, we're in the still weird period after No Way Home where it's like, what is Morbius even going to be? Is the Sony universe going to get kind of more connected? Is it not? We don't really know yet. Uh, but yeah, you can kind of look up here and, and see where we're at. Looking at this, do you think we're going to see any major shifts release date wise? I think if we do, um, I think Black Panther Wakanda Forever might get pushed. That would be the only one just because I know they had a lot of production problems I think the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special is on track. I think Werewolf by Night sounds like announced Michael Giacchino. That guy, I'm, what an exciting gig for him and for all of us to see what he can do. Makes me feel like this has got to be a musical. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. And I think maybe, maybe what if season two might get pushed just because I yeah. feel like they might take some time. But I feel otherwise I feel pretty good. I, I was seeing yesterday that uh, Disney put out in, in during the investors meeting they did last week, they did mention that what if season two was going to be 2022, but that it, it still is kind of wishy-washy. I'm, I'm kind of with you where out of all the shows, I do think that's the one 
that would get pushed because we also from that learned that Miss Marvel is going to be the next show after Moon Knight. So right. I think we kind of assumed She-Hulk might have been, but um, I think that that this that what we're looking at here could could make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I'm right there with you with Black Panther. Like I would not be surprised if Kev, if you could scroll down a little bit, if Black Panther and the Marvels switch spots. Mm. With yeah, the Marvels slated for February, because that would be like right after Miss Marvel kind of leading into that, you know? Yeah, it, you just keep hearing these mixed signals. You hear things like Dominique Thorne has wrapped on whatever she was shooting for uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever as uh, as Ironheart. Uh, but you also hear, and I think they finally figured things out with Letitia Wright. But you also hear things like uh, definitely, um, uh, you know, Carol Danvers actress Brie Larson is... Uh, is currently in the midst of it all so yeah i could see those two switching yeah potentially um and then yeah kev if you could scroll down even more there so 2023 is kind of interesting because we have three movies slated with dates that i i think are are pretty firm unless marvels and black panther switch um but that's only up through july that leaves yeah. many months of the year left for for things like Blade or Fantastic Four and, and then other movies that are, are like lightly confirmed in different ways like Captain America 4, Deadpool 3, um, and then the inevitable announcement of whatever's next for Tom Holland's Spider-Man um, that could potentially – I think 2023 might be a little too early for that, but uh, definitely maybe 2024. But what do you see 2023 shaking out release date-wise for the movies? I think currently Disney's going to want to stick to these tentpole release weekends, have like a Valentine's Day weekend release. Hopefully we'll have the Marvels then. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in May and then uh, Quantumania in July. I think they also have an October date that they haven't announced anything for. My thinking is that's going to be Blade because you can imagine Halloween season, right? Uh, And then in, in December... They usually have some holiday release, but um, other than No Way Home, they haven't committed to having a December release. But I know Sony, in order to like keep the rights of Spider-Man, they have to keep pumping out these Spider-Man live-action movies. Just don't be surprised if we see a December announcement for whatever the next Tom Holland or next live-action Spider-Man movie is going to be. Yeah, that's the thing. I... I haven't been caught up uh, in a while on how that deal looks, and I don't even know how much of it is out there. But I remember in the past, it used to be that they had to release one every two years. Obviously, with COVID, things kind of changed, and there was a, a bigger gap between Far From Home and, and No Way Home. But do you think that they'll get back to that two-year cycle to get them? Because that would be 2023, December. Yeah, I think they wanted they wanted to push uh, No Way Home beyond the 2021 calendar year because originally it was going to be I think originally it's going to be even sooner uh, in the year, but it was going to come out for a while in uh, in like July of 2021. But they couldn't push it beyond December because then that would push it out of the calendar year, and that's why they had to flip around Multiverse of Madness and shoot uh, like reshoot a huge chunk of that movie in order to make it make sense now. Mm-hmm. So it, it cost them a lot of money to do that, but I think part of that was that Sony didn't want to lose it or, or run afoul of that contract. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would be surprised if it came out, uh, like, late into 2024, if it did come out in 2024. Mm-hmm. So, there we go, then. So, 2023, five movies, and that's including the Sony Marvel project of Spider-Man 4. We're assuming the Marvels, Guardians 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Blade, Spider-Man 4. Do you think we see Fantastic Four, Captain America 4, or Deadpool 3 in addition to those in 2023? 
Uh, I think uh, I'd be surprised. I think we'll see announcements for uh, Fantastic Four in the year 2023 or maybe by the end of this year. I don't think we'll see it releasing. There's just something about like Fantastic Four in 2024 that I can imagine one of the one of the Allens or one of the Bobs up in, <laughs> on, on Alameda in, in Burbank are like, yeah, four and four, do it that way. We'll have four and the four, and then Avengers five in 2025. Numbers make sense to me. Um, so, and then maybe Captain America four in 2024 as well. Deadpool three might be the only one, just because I think they're pretty eager, and we, I can imagine maybe after some possible Deadpool cameo in uh, in Multiverse of Madness, we might finally get an announcement of when Deadpool's getting his own movie. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I guess with this, then let's just keep it kind of simple. We'll have this just be 2024 um, with the Fantastic Four, Cap Four, and Deadpool Three, which could be 2023. We'll see. Um, if you're a fan of the numbers, there you go. That, they would it would match up <laughs> That's there. That's how it always works, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah, that's the thing, right? Like we haven't really gotten too many April releases for these movies, but April, yeah. like imagine like four four twenty four for Fantastic Four. I can see um, them doing that. I mean, maybe they keep moving it a little bit there. early. Like, technically, Endgame Infinity War, that was, like, the last weekend in April. So you can right. imagine them dragging it forward earlier and earlier in the in the month. Maybe. Possible. Yeah, let me let me see what day that is on the calendar. The 4th is a Tuesday, so but some, maybe not. But they've been stretching that opening weekend more and more, so maybe we'll make it all the way to Tuesday, you know? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so here's where I think it gets really kind of crazy and interesting is the TV shows. Cause mm-hmm. even I feel like this year we're still kind of up in the air about the, the order of the shows being released is what if season two happening this year, Miss Marvel coming before she Hulk, like all of that. But then we have this plethora of shows. I'm just going to let you kind of call out how you think this is going to, to fall. And I know that it's like, very little for us to actually go off of here, but there's about 10 shows announced. How do you kind of see these being ordered? So, yeah, obviously the end of this year, we got Moon Knight coming uh, in March. Then we'll have, I think there was an announcement that based off of uh, when the Hollywood premiere of Miss Marvel is going to be, that that could be like the second weekend of June specifically. I assume She-Hulk's coming at some point this year. We have a what if second season, and I think uh, Secret Invasion uh, coming at some point by the end of this year. We just don't know if it's going to be in 2022 or 2023. We had the Disney Plus Day in November of last year that included that shot of Nick Fury. They made it seem like, all right, they're already they're shooting a lot. We keep hearing reports from the set. Presumably, they should be able to wrap by the you know by the end of the second quarter, sometime maybe in April at least. Uh, and we should be able to see that by the end of the year. Like, imagine that being your holiday release. Uh, yeah, that actually, it does kind of add up there. Because looking at, at 2022 with the shows, there's there's a bunch of movies coming out towards the end of the year. But then there's Werewolf by Night and the Guardians Holiday Special. Those are just kind of one-offs. So yeah. I, I could see Secret Evasion kind of like hitting that, maybe that Hawkeye time period, right? Yeah. Yeah, so between... Uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then you have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in December on Christmas. Um, the Werewolf by Night one is craziest to me. Like the uh, Halloween special, I grew up loving like uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Night, like all these goofy, campy Halloween specials. So the fact that Marvel's doing this and they're giving it to Jakino, I just, I can't, I can't 
I just, I, we here at Kind of Funny love the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Giacchino. So him directing a Marvel Studios project is extremely <laughs> exciting, especially the first of its kind. Like from what we're understanding, it's a a special, like a one-off special that's not yeah. a movie, but not a series. I'm like, I like seeing Marvel Studios kind of play with different formats. And like, uh, I don't know if you saw, but on Disney Plus recently, they uploaded all the, the Marvel one shots. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. With, with like branding and stuff and i'm like it's cool like hopefully bringing that back and expanding them from 10 minute things into like hopefully like an hour plus things could be really cool yeah i'm just so fascinated by the decision making by disney plus to release things in the order they're doing it like i don't think the original plan was to release wandavision first yeah and the fact that wandavision was the deluge that broke the drought for any kind of marvel content and how excited, how insane that whole experience was and how symbolic it became as like the start of a new era in Marvel. Like, I don't, whether that was an accident or strategic to slide that first uh, before, I believe Falcon Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first Disney Plus series. Yeah. And I think I think they're so much better off as a result of WandaVi WandaVision being first. Like, it seems like they're still experimenting. The fact that some shows release two episodes at the same time, I think at some point Disney Plus is going to have to commit to releasing some of these concurrently, having like a Wednesday upload and then like a Friday upload, the way HBO Max kind of does it. Or maybe they just drop it all on Wednesday or some on Sunday, some on Wednesday. Like they, they, they're going to have to start release. I think Obi-Wan and Miss Marvel is going to be dropping episodes at the same time. So I'm they're going to have to at some point. Yeah. What days of the week it's going to, it's really going to drop. Yeah, I'm, I have my fingers crossed that they at, once they hit the point that Star Wars and Marvel shows are coming out as frequently as they, they're going to have to at some point with the amount of projects announced, um, I do hope that they switch back to a dual day distribution plan because yeah. I think getting both on a Tuesday night at midnight is going to be a, a lot. <laughs> and like not it's the best use of their it's gonna be too uh, hard for us to keep up with just yeah. help, help the people making content about Come this on. on the internet schedule out our work week please exactly oh man so okay so I, I i buy that with you with the secret invasion potentially being this year or at least planned to be this year you bringing up the wandavision thing is interesting like i feel like because of the pandemic and because of just a, a couple um, other production issues like um, Scott Derrickson even leaving Doctor Strange 2 and all that, the schedule got totally messed up. And yeah. clearly No Way Home was supposed to come after Multiverse of Madness and WandaVision clearly was supposed to be closer to the release of Multiverse of Madness and all that. Do you think that in 2022 we will get to a point where the plan is kind of as planned and we're going to start seeing things lead into things the way that you'd imagine disney would actually want them to between the shows and the movies i yes yes i think we're already starting to see that like the the multiverse is now kind of settling a bit the fact that no way home ended the way it did with this trailer for multiverse of madness and now we're seeing the trailer for multiverse of madness it feels like we're back on the right track where tonally these things are setting up the next thing I think the releases that were supposed to come out during the pandemic, there was a little little tonal confusion between uh, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals. All these movies came out right after each other, and it really just felt like Disney was trying to recoup those financial losses by releasing all these things throughout 2021. But those post credit scenes all kind of felt a little, uh, like aimed in different vectors right like it seems yeah. like shang chi might have been setting up multiverse of madness or was it setting up galactus or the fantastic four like what was that pulsing beacon 
setting up. Wow. And then the way Eternals ends with uh, hearing the voice of Blade, like, that's confusing as hell. Like, how you never could have convinced me going into an Eternals movie that we're suddenly going to hear the Daywalker, the living vampire of Blade. Like, it just Absolutely. doesn't seem to fit. Like, the world yeah. building felt a little chaotic. But now it seems like it's back on the rails. Yeah, so I, I'm feeling pretty good about where our, our schedule's at now. We made a couple shifts, couple changes. Uh, I'm going to move What If Season 2 to 2023. Because I, you don't see that happening this year, right? It's hard to say. I mean, I think they already started working on some of those episodes when they were working on the first season. I know they slid one episode back to the second season. I could see that, but realistically, just with everything coming out, yeah, uh, I'd probably put more money on 2023. Yeah, so let's just we'll move it there just for the sake of conversation. Uh, but before we move into all of our predictions, let me tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to me, Undies. We've all been there trying on clothes in a dressing room, and everything makes you look like three kids hiding in a coat. Finding the perfect size is annoying. That's why me, Undies makes undies, bralettes, and loungewear to fit just right. Y'all know how long I've loved me, Undies. I am often wearing the shirt, the lounge pants, the undies, the socks, like I'm doing right now. If I was a cartoon character, this would just be my, my outfit, it would just be all me, Undies. I love it because of the soft micromodal fabric and because it does fit really well. Me, Undies knows that comfort starts with the perfect size and fit. That's why they wear test all sizes from extra small to 4xl for everything they make they've got different cuts for different butts and everything from bold colors to fun adventurous prints so the world can be a comfier place for every booty <laughs> uh me on these promises if you're not comfortable with any product for any reason you can return your order for a full refund within 45 days Meandies has a great offer for y'all for any first-time purchasers you can get 15 percent off and free shipping right to your door to get 50 percent off your first order free shipping and 100 percent satisfaction guarantee Go to meundies.com slash kind of funny. That's meundies.com slash kind of funny. Shout out to DoorDash. Sometimes pulling into your driveway after a trip to the grocery store only to realize you forgot one key ingredient for dinner kind of feels like the end of the world. But with DoorDash, you can get the groceries and household essentials you need or a backup meal from your favorite local restaurant delivered in under an hour. Desperately craving a late night snack or just want to stock up for the week with DoorDash, get it all in one app. We've been using DoorDash forever. You hear us on the Kind of Funny podcast, always talking about the different taquerias we're ordering from, the different burger places we're ordering from we are super happy and we love to just get the food delivered right to us for a limited time you guys can get 25 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of 15 dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter code kinda funny that's 25 off up to a 10 dollar value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code kinda funny don't forget that's code kinda funny for 25 off your first order with doordash subject to change terms apply and now that we're back here eric let's start with the past let's talk about the recent post-credit scenes we got in some of these movies you were just kind of uh, alluding to a couple of them but let's talk about where we're actually going to see those kind of plot threads get picked up mm -hmm. so looking at the first thing we got we had wandavision come out in january right Post credit to that was the Doctor Strange tease, Wanda with the Darkhold. Clearly, Multiverse of Madness is going to deal with that. Right. And let's not forget the scroll talking to Monica Rambeau, setting up Secret Invasion, potentially the Marvels. You're uh, right. You're right. Yep. And then we got Falcon and Winter Soldier with that kind of weird power broker 
uh, Agent 13 situation? Uh-huh. Like, do, do you think that's Armor Wars or do you think we're going to get something sooner than that? I think if it's not Armor Wars, I wouldn't really know what it's referring to. Just like an arms dealer talking to other unknown buyers over the phone. Uh, yeah, either Armor Wars or some of the people connected to Armor Wars, like maybe Ironheart or uh, or something connected to Secret Invasion. I just didn't get any scroll vibes from Sharon Carter there. So with that then, do you think, because we know that Riri Williams going to be in Ironheart, get her own show, but we know that she's debuting in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Do you think that there's a chance we see Sharon Carter in Black Panther? Potentially, yeah. I mean, the fact that in Civil War, she was in the mix with the first uh, people of, of Wakanda we met in the MCU in, in Civil War. Like, I, I've seen them together. It kind of makes sense. And the fact that the Dora Milaje showed up in, uh, in Falcon the Winter Soldier as well. Yeah, I could see her showing up there. I, I'm just, it's, it's harder for me to make predictions about, like, plot choices I wasn't as crazy about. And I think the whole Sharon Carter storyline, the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, I found just yeah. a, a little confusing. <laughs> it seemed like it was cut up in, in post-production after they removed a lot of storylines and that was just kind of left a little unclear. So other than her just being the MCU's arms dealer connected with other arms dealers, I just don't really know what to make from her. I mean, part, my big exciting theory was that she was connected to Thunderbolt Ross and now, you know, RIP, the recent loss of William Hurt. I'm just not really sure what direction they're going to go in with that whole side of the universe. And I think that's an interesting thing too. You know, like, I, I feel like we all get kind of caught up in the zeitgeist when we're talking about these projects and it, it, it's super fun to kind of like try to predict things, but then it gets to this point, I think, that we all are like, Okay, well, there's all the evidence is pointing to this thing. It must be, sorry to do this to you, Mephisto, or, <laughs> you know, things like that. But I feel like uh, on the the more kind of grounded side of, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the fact that we didn't really get the Thunderbolts, and, like, the, that movie's not announced, or, like, a show focusing on that isn't announced, I'm a, I'm very surprised by it because even that, we get Julia, Reese, Ju, Julia Louise Dreyfus in it. We get wow. the kind of tease of the U.S. agent and all that. And then seeing her in Black Widow kind of set up Hawkeye. I'm, I know that it hasn't been that long and we're spoiled getting as many projects as we do now. But I am surprised that we haven't seen more actual action with Thunderbolts. What about you? Me too. Me too. And I understand if you don't want to call it Thunderbolts. I just thought like between the Falcon, the Winter Soldier and Black Widow and Hawkeye, you would think one of those titles would just allude to the fact of a team being formed. And you could argue those allusions are already made by having uh, by having Val in that position, but we still don't know really anything about Val or what she wants to do. These are three titles. Like you got to imagine in MCU phase one, phase two, by the second time we saw someone, we knew what the team was, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird at this point that we've had those three titles, no mention of any kind of like Dark Avengers team being put together. And we've really just had to like put X and X together to make five uh, based off of leftover plot threads from Shang-Chi and Abomination hanging out with Wong. And it's just which is just crazy, right? Like is. <laughs> that, that is one of the more bizarre cameos I think we've gotten in the MCU so far, especially yeah. with the the relationship that they kind of seem to have where Wong was like in on it and like even yeah. Wong leaving in No Way Home. Like there's a lot of stuff going on that I feel like they're setting up, but it does feel kind of weird to not really have a grasp on what they are setting up. Yeah. Uh, when do you think we see Julia or Val's character show up next? She, like, the way I look at the MCU is these different corners, right? So you have uh, the 
interdimensional side of the MCU with like Loki, Multiverse of Madness, potentially WandaVision. Then you have the uh, the galactic side of the MCU. So that's where you have like, I guess, Eternals, but you have Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's where Fantastic Four and Thor for sure are going to occupy. Uh, then you have like the Earth-based stories, which I think is like Falcon Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, and I think what Armor Wars and Secret Invasion are going to be. Secret Invasion also going to jump around to space, I assume. But then now you have the supernatural side of like the horror corners, Agatha House of Harkness, WandaVision, Moon Knight, I think. So here, I think, in, of those four quadrants, you're most likely to see it on the Earthbound side. I think uh, sh unless we find out that Val is a scroll and she's tied into Secret Invasion, I think it's more mm. realistic that she is going to be uh, like... Uh, what Val is in the comics. She's like this earthbound, uh, shady government worker who is kind of like what Nick Fury started as. So. Yeah, totally. So then Falcon and Winter Soldier, those are the two post-credits, right? Sharon Carter and uh, Val with the U.S. Oh. agents. Then mm -hmm. Loki, we had the whole decimation of TVA, the recreation of it, whatever. Obviously, we're going to get that in Loki season two. Yeah. Uh, the other post-credit scene literally being the announcement of season two, which I thought was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but do you think that we see Kang anytime before Loki season two? Well, yeah, it depends when Loki season two comes out. For sure, Kang is coming back in Quantumania. My thinking is that we'll see Loki season two leading up to Quantumania. And that Loki season two will kind of explore Nathaniel Richards' backstory. We'll get some context of that villain. Uh, in Or in this case, the dozens and hundreds and infinite number of selves that he has as a result of his experimentation. So I think that'd be a great opportunity to to introduce Jonathan Majors and the different sides of that character leading up to the July release. So I would hope that Loki season two will come out around the same time as Loki season one did of the year. Like might see a June uh, launch date going through the end of them that month. Um, so yeah, Kang there, and I would hope that we get to see Kang just show up in Multiverse of Madness. I want one of those, one of those Illuminati throne sitters to be Jonathan. To be a Kang? Yeah. Oh, that'd be so sick. Are you surprised that we haven't seen Kang since Loki in any of the projects? I know it wasn't a for sure thing, but I am a little surprised he wasn't in Eternals in some way, shape, or form. Even in the past, like some different version of him or, or something like that. Yeah, I am too. I'm uh, surprised we didn't see Kang in What If? Um, because mm -hmm. I think, and I, I totally understand, you know, all these titles, uh, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, they were all made and edited and reshot during COVID era. They, they had only so much wiggle room to like reconfigure those movies. So as a result, I think their interconnectivity with the rest of the MCU is, uh, is pretty limited, right? Like we had those, those great cameos in Shang-Chi, uh, but Eternals, you know, it was just kind of its own movie that anytime it had an opportunity to reach out to the rest of the world to do world building, I think it had to do so much world building within its own narrative, it couldn't world build for the rest of the MCU. So, uh, and I, I guess you could argue it was doing that for the MCU to introduce the idea of celestials creating planets to, to gestate themselves. But anyway, um, yeah, I think uh, Kang would have been fun just to tease somewhere in the MCU. Or you could have just shown a close-up of a hieroglyphic at some point to show Pharaoh Ramatut. You know, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be that hard to introduce Kang in Eternals. Uh, so then, yeah, moving on, we had What If, uh, which the post-credits there was kind of a weird one. What If was a weird one overall, right? But, like, the the post-credits being the uh, kind of displaced from their original universes. We get Black Widow kind of in uh, a new timeline. And then we also get um, uh, uh, 
Agent Carter um, as why am I blanking on that? Captain Carter now mm-hmm. um, in in that timeline. I imagine with all the teases and stuff, we'll see her in Multiverse of Madness. Do you think it's actually the what if version of her, or is it a variant of that variant? I I go back and forth on this, Tim. I really think that the version we're going to see is the one from what if because there's this whole backstory to this character where she was like a multiversal traveler uh she she is a guardian of the multiverse she's plenty experienced on those kind of battlefronts uh i at least hope it's the same one the fact that Haley atwell voiced that one like i i'd love to see her in live action suited up the same way we saw her in the uh the Winter Soldier era of the Captain Carter suit, so the white Union Jack. Like, yeah, I hope it's the same one, just to like give people more reason to go back and watch. Because I think a lot of people passed on what if they didn't really consider it MCU canon. But everything we see coming out of Multiverse Madness doesn't seem like it. It's rooted in the same kind of visual language as as what if. Yeah, totally. I mean, and that's, I think, kind of the most interesting thing is like we're seeing even in the trailer, there's all these teases of this like more sinister strange. And it's like, is that the same one from what if or is it just another darker strange? Because like it's kind of hard knowing where what if ended of him kind of being locked in eternal battle with uh, the Ultron. Like, how does he get out of that to then do whatever he does in this movie? Like my money's on. It's not the same one. Yeah, I think in Strange's case, it's not the same one. But I think some of the other characters that we saw, like I don't, I don't know if we'll see Ultron Infinity, but like just imagine seeing Jeffrey Wright, his face mocapped onto one of those Watcher heads, like so cool. Seems plausible, right? Does, yeah. No one on the Illuminati panel has that big of a head, so probably not. But uh, <laughs> him just showing up somewhere, just as he's like. I mean, there were seats empty, right? Like, I, I think that we've seen in Marvel trailers, they do kind of, like, hide things in the trailers and stuff. And I don't think that there would be empty chairs at the end of the day. Like, I think those are all going to get filled uh, by somebody, especially in a movie that is expected to be as cameo-filled as that one. Yeah. Just give me give me another week. I'll go back through that trailer. I'll point to two of the stars <laughs> on the other side of that window and say that those are his eyes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Call it a day. Uh, then we had Black Widow get into the movies. Uh, Post credit there being the setup for for Hawkeye. We kind of already saw that kind of um, all play out in, in Hawkeye show. Um, mm-hmm. Then was there any other one in Black Widow? I think that was it, right? I think that was it for Black Widow. Yeah. Then uh, Shang Chi. This is where things get really interesting to me. Like that post credit scene was so two of them starting with the end one it's a bit more obvious we got the the 10 rings will return um i imagine that that's going to be an unannounced disney plus project i can't really see that being a a movie um Mm -hmm. unless it's shang chi 2 at some point but i don't know when when do you think we're getting that shang chi 2 i mean i think that might be one of your 2024 titles or or the next time we see Shang-Chi is in, like, an Avengers Secret Wars movie. I think that'd be the smarter move for Marvel is to team him up with the other Avengers as that post credit scene teased. Mm-hmm. And then after that, give him a sequel. Um, yeah. Because he definitely deserves a sequel. I mean, that was such a huge hit. It was I loved that film. Uh, and, yeah, I think that pulsing beacon, if anything, it's... I don't think at this point it's going to be a reference to Multiverse of Madness because I think Multiverse of Madness has already kind of answered that question of what's causing all this. It's more Doctor Strange or Wanda. But, like, if you imagine on the other side of that, the next Avengers team-up thing, something from beyond, a uh, universe beyond, that could be an example of, a like, an incursion detector, 
for the mm. for the six one six colliding with Earth one one nine 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 nine, and all the other <laughs> universes are now colliding. He's going to have to lead the hand to hand combat of Battle World against Doom. That's my hope. That's my yeah. Hope. God, that sounds incredible. I mean, it, that that post credits is probably one of the most compelling ones that I think we've ever gotten the MCU, simply because I. It, it's one of the more surprising ones in terms of who's in it, in terms of us not really knowing what it's setting up, but it being exciting. Because normally we get a post-credit scene and we're either like, that's a funny joke or, oh my God, they're setting up this thing and I'm excited for it. It's very rare that it's like, we watched this movie and I would have lost everything I own betting that we would not get Captain Marvel and and Bruce Banner showing up at the end of Shang-Chi. You know what I mean? Like that was like such a, a random pairing uh, on top of a thing of setting something up that isn't, isn't clear. So where do you see that kind of going? Like, do you do, do you think that that tease um, the beacon is for a secret wars thing or. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. I think coming out of that movie, I said, this could be an indicator of the threats in multiverse of madness. But now that we're seeing multiverse of madness, I don't, I don't know if I need that link to be there. I, uh, like the most exciting way I think to show Shang-Chi's powers is in another kind of multiversal plane because that's one of the issues Marvel has with their power scale right if you have someone who's just like a really good hand-to-hand combatant who's got these these rings who can like slay dwellers of darkness uh like I want to see him in a place where his power set makes sense and it's fun to see him in combination with other players and just seeing him fight on any one particular planet as is established in the current MCU I think I need to see him on a game board of some kind whether it's created by Doom or the Beyonder whatever era of Secret Wars you want to do I think that's the most exciting direction to go I think and I think that's where Marvel wants to go the Russo said that would be the mm-hmm. one title we'll come back for Secret Wars so yeah god imagine the trilogy Let's yeah. up the ante as much as we right. can. I love Three that. Words. I mean, uh, but then you, yeah. go for can it. we just talk about real quick? You're right. Like the fact that it was just a pulsing beacon is the most vague. It'd be like when Nick Fury drops the pager when he paid, when he fades away, if it didn't show the Captain Marvel logo. If it was exactly. just and then cut to black. <laughs> like I, and part of me kind of feels like we, we are still in, and we, especially then we are, they were in this moment where they didn't really know what was next and what would need to get delayed and all that. So it wouldn't shock me if they were vague about it just to be able to give themselves somewhere to write to in the future yeah. where they're like that, the, they don't have a plan yet, but they know that that can lead to a bunch of different places. <laughs> so we'll figure out the answer later. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and then, so the, the 10 rings will return an idea. I just had is so I, I think that we might get a 10 rings focused uh disney plus show yeah. there were so many rumors going into shang chi that it was going to be a tournament movie that we were going to get a lot of yeah. kind of like different fights leading up to this big tournament whatever and we got hints of that kind of with the underground fights that were going on and got a couple fun cameos there um with the ex- extremist people and um, obviously abomination and wong how cool would it be if they just made a show that was a tournament show, though? And we were, they were able to kind of just have a lot of fun with that, yeah. uh, with Shang-Chi's sister kind of, like, running all that shit. That's the that's the best version of that I've heard. Like, imagine every episode is a different matchup of, of other MCU pairings that we wish we saw. Like, they released the concept art, and we saw Proxima Midnight fighting Deadpool. That could just be one episode. And then the whole episode, you learn about this character's backstory, why they're in this tournament right now, and they fight. And then you just... Maybe just start with like eight or start with four and then just make 12 episodes out of that, you know, like 
Yeah. Mark, well, I hope the, you're listening. We're, we're totally, outlining totally. your season for you right here. It's going to be great, man. But the thing that was weird to me about that concept art, and obviously concept art can be so many different things. We saw with Mandalorian yeah. season two that they they had uh, Plu Koon uh, stand in for, for Luke and all that stuff. So yeah, it's like yeah. we know that they kind of can get uh, uh, like weird with it. But Deadpool and Proxima Midnight is weird for a bunch of reasons, but specifically Proxima Midnight, she's dead like right. there's no timeline there that she's not dead and i guess it, she could always be a variant but I, i'm very interested they decided to use those two characters in that art right i think and i think the idea of it was like we just have to plug in other people that will not be spoilers in case this ever leaks so if like if it ever leaked that proxima midnight and deadpool are fighting yeah a certain uh corner of the fandom would lose their minds but we'd all realize oh this is just hypothetical this is placeholder you know, uh, like, I believe there was a, a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer uh, leak. The very first teaser that came out, it leaked. And if you go back and go look at that, in uh, in Times Square, as Peter and MJ are swinging through it, there's a billboard that says X-Men on it. That clearly they just put as a placeholder before really? they commit to Rogers the Musical. They just, some of the X artists like, something will be oh. here. But we'll just put x-men now and i wonder if they did that to like test to see if it ever leaked who mm. leaked it, you know like i think marvel will do that yeah wow that's that's super interesting uh so then moving on eternals this one ended with the um kind of the the black knight tease and then blade's voice which like you were saying earlier <laughs> one of the most like excuse me what things of all time especially weird um that if you you didn't follow up with new rock stars you wouldn't necessarily know yeah that's a hundred percent blade <laughs> i mean tim there were i went to the that was the one time marvel invited us so far to uh to a press screening and it was one of the funniest experiences sitting in that theater this is the same theater where that other jerk from variety ended up tweeting that harry styles was uh arrows seconds after walking out of that theater god it was unbelievable anyway but we were sitting in that theater and uh, as soon as we hear that voice come up, are you, are you sure you're ready for this, Mr. Whitman? I heard four different pitches all around me that were all the wrong voice. I heard someone say, yeah. oh, my God, Nick Fury. Oh, my God, Jeffrey Wright. And then, <laughs> it was, our oh group, my our God, group was convinced it was Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I walked out of that being like, maybe that was Jeffrey Wright. Holy shit. We got the Watcher in this now. Watcher in live action. Uh, and then thinking about it more and then watching it again. When I saw it again on the opening night, I was like, Oh wait, no, that's definitely Mahershala. That's a hundred percent Mahershala. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, what a crazy reveal. I mean, the the Eros reveal makes sense. Revealing another celestial in the world, and that we're gonna expand to a future celestial conflict. Uh, or I mean, an eternal with the celestials totally makes sense. But then going back to Earth, and then having Black Knight team up with Blade, like we really had to to reach to find a moment in the comics that the two of them ever appeared in a title together. And it's really just that MS-13, right? Or the, yeah, like one of those stake style organizations in London where they're fighting supernatural threats, but it wasn't like a popular run or anything. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, especially we'll get into talking about like Moon Knight and stuff of how that all connects, but they're clearly kind of trying to set up, like you were saying, that different kind of side of the, the MCU we haven't really yeah seen much but going back to the the eros uh thing thanos's brother blah 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 all of that when do we see the kind of continuation of that eternal storyline yeah that's a great question i mean i don't know if marvel's ready to commit to an eternals 2. i think the fact that the movie underperformed 
Uh, I, I just don't know if they're really eager to revisit. But they have a great opportunity to bring back that storyline as a subplot in Guardians Volume 3 or even Thor Love and Thunder. Because both of those titles are on that, you know, galactic side of the MCU, potentially even Fantastic Four, right? I think all we really need to see is just like a trial, a very goofy trial where Harry Styles and Patton Oswalt as Pip are just in front of uh, the Living Tribunal or some other cosmic judge, Erishim. Uh, pleading for the case of Cersei. And there might be a ton of other people who are in that deposition hearing or something like that, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think as a subplot in one of these other scenes uh, or one of these other films, I'd prefer to seeing an Eternal Because I think that that sequel to Eternals would feel so tonally different from the first Eternals. I, yeah. I would want it to feel different. Just Absolutely. Face, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the last one, Spider-Man No Way Home. Obviously, the postcards of that. We get the Tom Hardy Venom situation. Yeah. We've got to imagine Spider-Man 4, whatever that's going to be. Potentially something in the SSU. We'll have to wait and see. Do you have any any more thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I think they're going to want Venom to cross over with, with the, the fact they left the Venom symbiote goo in the MCU suggests that it's going to want to bind to one of these characters, whether it's... Uh, Tom Holland as Peter or Ned or MJ or someone in his world, and that's going to be a problem for him going forward. So I would imagine the next the next Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Four, assuming it is set in the MCU again with Tom Holland, it's going to be a, a Venom slash Miles Morales story. I'd rather yeah. see a Miles Morales story personally than a Venom story again. Do, do you think we're getting Miles in Spider-Man Four? They have to. They have to. I, there's kind of an internal debate we're having at New Rockstars if it's better to introduce Miles in uh, the separate Sony universe with all the villains and presumably the Spider-Man of that universe is Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man still. Um, Cause you gotta imagine Please. Andrew Garfield's great coming out of No Way Home. So to see good. him mentor a young Miles Morales would be great. I, I kind of, he's a better mentor, I think, than Tom Holland's version of Absolutely. the character. So I yeah. think he still has more to learn before he's ready to pass the torch on. So yeah. I don't know, but then you don't have, you don't have Miles in the MCU as much unless, Unless the Bobs and the Allens are able to work with Pascal again to get some other partnership sharing deal with Miles Morales, which I assume they could figure that out. So and, and so let, let's talk about Moon Knight a little bit, and then we'll get to Morbius, and we'll go back to the whole Spider talk. So here the predictions start. We'll go project by project and kind of give our thoughts on what MCU cameos or at this point just marvel cameos do you think we'll get um like what hype moments reveals whatever and then also what do we think the post credits scene for the project is going to be setting up mm -hmm. so starting with moon knight what are your thoughts okay so uh you know the moon knight producers right now are claiming that it's not going to have broader connections to the mcu but then the next day a promo comes out that shows like a sign for the grc global repatriation council from falcon winter soldier i'm like yeah, no, this is the MCU. Everything's pretty connected. Uh, so I think Moon Knight, setting up the supernatural side of the MCU, we're, we're introduced to Khonshu, the moon deity. I think we're going to see the Sun King. I think that's Ethan Hawke's character. Uh, so I think we're going to see how these things connect to uh, WandaVision, Agatha House of Harkness, and Multiverse of Madness in particular. So uh, I think one of the gods we meet in this is going to be one of the gods we see in Multiverse of Madness. Interesting. Yeah. 
Okay. I, I don't think so. I don't think that it's going to be connected to, to Strange 2. Um, and even you bringing up the WandaVision stuff, I, I think that there's some interesting things there in terms of grouping the supernatural with that type of horror, the chaos magic and all that stuff together. That that could add up. There's a That would make a lot of sense. I do think that their whole, it's a standalone, it's not in the MCU, but it is the MCU. Like, it is in the MCU. We know that. And I think that the GRC stuff is probably going to be the extent of like references uh the level of references we're going to get to things we already know from the mcu like i don't think it's going to be as heavily focused on like us waiting for someone to show up as i feel like a lot of the other shows kind of are like with hawkeye it's like where's kingpin where's kingpin and like you know with wandavision it's where is xyz people constantly like um so i think it's going to be interesting with moon knight kind of being the first standalone show that's just for a brand new hero that we haven't had before um and really the first new project for a, a new hero since we had doctor strange and we had captain marvel but it's pretty rare that we get a solo new hero getting a project so i can see them kind of wanting to keep the focus on moon knight and the various personalities but having said that i would not be surprised if we get some blade tease of some sort because while that's MCU, it's not officially MCU yet, you know? Right. Yeah, I think you're probably right, Tim. Like, I think if there is, like, a uh, a post credit scene tying him to the rest, it would be something like Midnight Suns, right? Like, having the MCU version of Midnight Suns, Moon Knight, Black Knight, Blade, and then potentially Doctor Strange or, or, or Wanda could join the rest of that lineup, you know? Cool as hell. That's awesome, yeah. man. <laughs> like, so with that, do you think that Midnight Suns will get will be an official project or do you think it's just going to kind of be something that kind of is a, a team that floats between some of these different series? I, I think it should be a film. I, I want to see that, that movie, uh, either a movie or like a very high budget mini series. I just don't know if you could get all those actors together. Like we're talking Oscar winners at this point, because like, yeah. you also are going to want ghostwriter attached to that. Right. Like is ghostwriter yeah. part of midnight suns. Uh, so yeah, um, I want to see that as a major title. I think people keep wondering what the next team up movie is going to be. And like when he stepped back away from the MCU, the Avengers was not the most exciting team of Marvel comics. I mean, Fantastic Four, the X-Men, those are the ones I thought of as teams, as lineups. So, uh, that also goes for like the Midnight Suns. Like we should just see what other teams exist in this universe, including the Thunderbolts slash Dark Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another interesting thing to bring up is, you know, uh, in just a couple of days, we're getting all the Netflix Marvel shows on Disney Plus. And yeah. while that in itself doesn't necessarily mean anything about the, the canonicity of, of all of them, like, what does that mean really for the kind of future of the Defenders group of, of heroes and uh, just the idea of there being a bunch of these different kind of groups that they're building towards, adding in Guardians of the Galaxy to that as well. Um, on the Thor side, we had the Revengers. I don't know if we'll ever right, see right, that right. group again, but um, it could be cool having different groups that aren't just the Avengers, you know? Yeah, different groups for different threats, for different villains, for different crises. And yeah, I think... The reason the Defenders came together in uh, in the Netflix shows was to deal with the Hand. That the Hand was such a big threat that it, you know Daredevil couldn't do it himself. That Iron Fist couldn't do it himself. So we need to find some kind of like hand to hand threat, like a street level threat. Um, but like the fact that they're now in the MCU is just great news. Like, you know, I don't. Yeah, as you said, I don't know which of the storylines, how much of those episodes will be adopted as canon, but like significant, potentially a significant amount of them. 
will be, which is which is good news, I think, especially for Daredevil and Jessica Jones, you know. So uh, turning from some good news to some, eh, maybe not so good news. Let's talk about Morbius. <laughs> it's finally coming <laughs> out, April first, twenty twenty-two. Uh, the April Fool's joke to rule them all. Um, <laughs> we've seen the same trailer for this movie for years at this point. I saw a crazy fact that uh, we got a trailer for Morbius before No Way Home even went into production. <laughs> that's true. Was it like, January 2020, right? Over yeah. February? Absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, but it's finally here. It's coming out. I don't think that there's ever been a more confusing uh what universe is this movie that we've ever seen we we yeah. see some the oscorp logo from the amazing spider-man movies we see the raimi spider-man on a murderer wanted poster but that's the storyline <laughs> from the mcu spider-man and then yeah. we get uh michael keaton as vulture clearly <laughs> as vulture in this what is going on especially now that no way home has uh come and gone andrew garfield we we all as fans want him to be the sony universe we want there to be a post-credit scene setting him up as the spider-man in that universe do you think it's actually going to happen though no i don't think we're going to see andrew garfield in this movie i want him to appear because i want them to re-establish him as the main peter parker spider-man of that universe i and then potentially he could show up in Craven the Hunter. He could show up in the Madam Web movie. And he could get his fourth movie or second, third, third movie, I think is what we want from him. Um, but yeah, I think the best I can hope for going into Morbius is that there is some reference to that, like even if it's just a VFX version of that Andrew Garfield era swinging through New York at some point. Whether it's news footage, you could just take archive footage from one of those past two movies and just like insert it on a screen somewhere or take a screen grab of it and put it on a newspaper. Like that enough would be, it's it's so weird. Like again, internally at New Rockstars, we're like, would that be enough for us to consider Morbius a hit? Like, I think that's all the fans really want out of this movie is some kind of connection to Spider-Man. I mean, unfortunately, that is the truth, right? Like, I don't think anyone's looking to Morbius to to be this, like, change in cinema in any way. So it kind of is just expanding the lore and expanding the universes. And maybe not even expanding. I think Morbius is in a unique place where we don't so much want it to expand. We want it to confirm. We want it to make sense of what they're trying to build um, with the Sony-verse because we're now two Venom movies in. They're, they were vague enough that they weren't necessarily in or out of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man universe. So with this, I unfortunately think they've already kind of shot themselves in the foot with the amount of weird references to the other universes that it kind of just feels like it's going to be a fourth universe. Like it's its own thing that has that the Michael Keaton is just a variant. Like it's not the same Vulture. It's not in the MCU. And Spider-Man can look this way or that way because Sony doesn't give a shit. And I hate that as an answer. Me too, me too. Like, eventually I, I hit a wall with any theory I try to make about Morbius where just, like, you know, common sense prevails. It's I think Sony just got this deal with Jared Leto and got very excited about, by it. But to me, like, you, you're Sony. You have access to all the Spider-Man villains. I get Kraven the Hunter. I get Venom and Carnage. Uh, I get Black Cat. I get Madam Web. Why Morbius? Morbius was kind of cool from the ex or from the '90s uh, Spider-Man animated series, but like he's probably like 20th or 21st on my list of of people I want to see in live action. Just so weird. It feels like Twilight era, like vampire. Like it's like True Blood is on HBO, and then Robert Pattinson is playing uh, Edward in Twilight. It's 2010. Like why are we seeing this movie even in 2020? Why are we seeing this movie? 
And it, it's bizarre when you even start to think about the really asking why. Like, why would Sony do this? And it's like, okay, they're trying to build their own villain universe, Sinister Six type buildup and all that, especially now that we have confirmed No Way Home had five villains. It was not the six that I think we all kind of just assumed based on our Spider-Man knowledge that, oh, well, they're so close. They're just gonna, they're just gonna do it, you know? Uh, yeah. But then it's like, okay, well, I guess they're not doing that because they're saving that for Sony. And it would be really cool to eventually have a Sony Sinister Six movie. Yeah. But with Morbius? Like, it just yeah. doesn't fit in that. It, like, it's hard to craft a narrative in my mind that makes sense for what their plan is, which unfortunately makes me just feel like they don't have a plan. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they do. I think they have deals with, with hunks. I think that's Sony just likes signing deals with really hunky actors, even if the hunky actors don't really make sense from a casting point of view. Granted, Jared Leto, uh, Tom Hardy, very talented actors, especially Tom Hardy was able to do a lot of cool stuff as Eddie Brock. I'm sure Jared Leto will surprise us in how he plays Dr. Michael Morbius. But it's just weird. It's just like, they're the kind of hunks that Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. were, like in the mm -hmm. way they were cast. Like it kind of made sense to cast them in the parts that they played. Cause like, especially Robert Downey Jr. Like he was, he was waiting for a comeback. The guy had like substance abuse issues in the past. Like it made sense. Yeah, it just seems like Sony loves casting Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, like whoever is the hunkiest actor right now. We're gonna cast them and find a spot for him and our spumsy, and it's not gonna make sense when we announce it. Spumsy, God, okay. uh, dude, I I have my fingers crossed. I I'm right there with you guys. Where my biggest hope for Morbius is Andrew Garfield confirmation uh, in any way, shape, or form, like whether it's him physically or like announcing like yes that. He is that universe just because that gives me faith that they're going to actually kind of double down and, and make more Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man uh, media in any way, shape or form. Because I do think that that at least kind of then shifts everything where I'm like, OK, there is a potential plan for them to hopefully not fuck up. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, trying to shift back to being positive here. Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. Obviously, so much already is confirmed. We know Patrick Stewart as Professor X is in it. That is insane. Uh, we're expecting a whole bunch of other cameos. But what is your predictions for what cameos are we going to see in it? And then what is the post credits going to set up? I mean, sky's the limit, right? Like, it's kind of who won't appear in this movie at this point. Uh, like, I, I think potentially every Fox Marvel character we have seen at least this movie could introduce the logic by which they are now introduced in the MCU. So Deadpool, all the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, uh, all the Deadpool-associated characters, like, they're all potentially now in the universe. So I think the cameos we're going to see, uh, definitely that Illuminati panel, It's going to there's going to be some other faces that surprise us. I don't think it's going to be Tom Cruise, personally. I, I love that idea. I just don't think it's... We might see an, a, a superior Iron Man. I just don't think Tom Cruise is going to be in this movie. Um, It'd be incredible. I'm with you, though. I, I don't think it's going to be the case. What, I, what I'm most excited about when it comes to the cameos for Doctor Strange is they're still doing reshoots as of today for this movie. So <laughs> Call them. Call them. Say, hey, have you thought about, uh, you thought about Galactus? And, okay. uh, and I, from what I've heard, it's like this, the movie's been screening and like people have seen the movie beginning to end and supposedly it's pretty positive overall. Like, it's not like, oh, this movie's a fucking disaster. That's why there's reshoots. It does kind of feel like the reshoots are like, all right, cool. We have the core down. What other cameos can we get in here to kind of make right. sense? And I, I think the... I trust Marvel at this point to not just turn it into a... Especially after No Way Home. Like, 
think of going into No Way Home, how all of us are like, how are they going to pull this off? How? Yeah. There's so many things they need to, to mm-hmm. handle and explain. And they did. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I trust you guys. So there's so much going on here. I don't think it's just going to be cameo, 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 cameo. I think it's going to be like, cool, we have a great structure. There's a great story that does focus on Strange and Wanda. And there'll be moments that make sense storyline-wise of, here's a bunch of cameos and like blink and you miss it type things, which would be really cool, especially as you see them tumbling through the different styles and that animated world and all that, like so much potential. I think you're going to see blink and you miss it type cameos. I think you're also going to see what I'm calling representative cameos, like especially on the Illuminati, you have Professor X representing this corner of the universe and you'll have some version of Reed Richards, you know, uh, representing that side of the universe, maybe Kang representing another side. So you'll just based off of seeing that one face, you can then apply the if this, then what else theory of who else from their universe is there with them. In terms of post credit scene, though, I think like this is Marvel's best opportunity to introduce X-Men or whatever Mm -hmm. mutants, you know, the mutants will return at the end. Uh, My hope is that we'll just see a chess match between Professor X. Oh, my God. And Doctor Strange. Just like in Westchester, like dude, Westchester. That's awesome. I haven't thought about that. That would be that would be really damn cool. Simple, elegant, and then maybe Strange even says, or Professor X says, "We're actually in the end game now." And then like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god, I love it. Yeah, I I think you know all the the rumors right now are that we're gonna get uh, the Deadpool tease uh, in the the post credits, and I I think the Deadpool makes the most sense in the post credits as opposed to the movie, especially with the tone of the movie from what we're seeing from the trailers and all that. Um, I know in the poster people are saying that you can kind of see Deadpool's face. I I don't buy that. I don't think that's Deadpool. I think that's just a very yeah exactly i think it's it is a very convincing coincidence but i i do think it's a coincidence i don't think that they would spoil that in the the poster but i can i can see them doing something fun kind of setting up uh deadpool 3 just because of the multiverse it just makes so much sense breaking the fourth wall and especially if a movie's going to be this heavy kind of ending on some levity but that also is progressing the mcu plot i think would be a good call for them yeah, first po- mid credit scene X Men, uh, final post credit scene Deadpool. I think that's what that would be incredible. My money's more on. I think the X Men tease might be more just kind of from what's in the movie itself. Yeah, like, yeah. I I hope you're right. I would love that, but I just think it might be a little too early to really like put the word mutants out there in that type of way. I think that the first post credit scene for Strange is going to be a strange setup similar to strange one with the Mordo thing. And even though it's taken fucking a decade to get there, um, I think it'll be more of a setup for Dr. Strange three. As I'm even saying this now, dude, what are the chances that Dr. Strange three is Dr. Strange in the midnight suns? I mean, yes, that's one of two directions. I want to see the third Dr. Strange movie go is he either joins like the supernatural side and then uh, fights Mephisto or something like that. Or Deadpool 3, like, something about the Illuminati gets warped and changed, and the way Loki came back to the TBA to see the face of Jonathan Majors, instead, now, Doctor Strange walks in the Illuminati and just sees one throne, and it's Kang. And he's got the third Eye of Agamotto. So I want to see one of those two. Like, either Doctor Strange versus Kang, or Doctor Strange versus Mephisto, and that kind of set up the next... That'd be cool. Either way, man, yeah. Uh, then we got Thor Love and Thunder, which honestly, I can't believe is coming as soon as it is, uh, July 8th, 2022. Um, and the, as of today, actually, again, it is now the 
closest to a movie's release without getting the trailer we've ever had in the MCU. Wow. Um, previously, it, the the number one was Incredible Hulk, uh, and then number two was uh, No Way Home, which would would have been two days ago. Uh, oh. This past limit of that, so uh, wow. we are due for this trailer. That is weird. I mean, even with uh, uh, Spider Man No Way Home, we had that title announcement that was like eleven months ahead. So we got something of like Tom Holland and Daya and Jacob Batalon revealing the title. We've gotten. Only just like Taika Waititi at uh, at Comic Con, like mm-hmm. it, it's so weird that we haven't seen any official releases for this yet. Um, any any footage? It makes me a little worried, like that they're not gonna. St- I know they're going through some reshoots, which makes sense. They're you know five months out, four months out, but we got to see something soon. No, it's I imagine three months. I out. imagine they're just trying to keep it all eyes on strange and especially moon Knight right now. Right. Like this is kind of the first time, like they, they have a lot of things they need to promote at this moment and especially with Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan as well. So we'll, we'll see how this shakes out, but Thor love and thunder. What cameos do you think we'll get? And what post credits do you think we'll get? Well, if you, sorry, if you look back at like what Taika Waititi did for the first, for Thor Ragnarok, right? I said it's like the first Thor film. It's not, it's the third Thor film. Um, But like he used that opportunity to uh, to, like make jokes, right? So you had like uh, the Grandmaster get out of the, uh, get out of the the junkyard at Sakaar. And he's like, oh, uh, we won. We're, you know, and then you had Thanos' arrival. So you kind of had one set up the next title and then you had one just kind of jokey one. I think for Taika, uh, I think the most interesting thing for him to set up uh, would either be some kind of connection to uh, other sides of the astral side of the universe, right? Like something with the celestials. Like at some point, uh, if you got to imagine Gore the God Butcher, his goal is to kill all the gods. Like I think his anger must be aimed in some way, either uh, some derivative anger towards the celestials. So I think a tie-in there would be the most, like, logical. Do you think that Jane makes it out of this movie alive? No, I don't think so. I don't know if, I don't know if Natalie Portman wants to... Wants Franchise. To if you think, like, Jason Aaron's The Mighty Thor comic, like, spoiler warning, but it kind of ends with Jane realizing she doesn't want to continue to be Thor because every time she powers up, it resets her chemo. So you got to imagine the learning curve for her character might be, no, this isn't the answer to be Thor. This, this isn't my thing. Um, not to say that Thor is the only one who can ever carry the hammer. Like, I personally want to see Beta Ray Bill set up at the end of this movie <laughs> to be the next Thor after this. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the future for the Thor character. Yeah, I, I love that I kind of am up in the air with Love and Thunder where there's so many directions it can go. And like you were saying, Ragnarok kind of was such a tonal shift for the MCU that it kind of rewrote the rules of what it means to not only be a compelling story and a funny story, but like to kind of introduce characters that um, I don't think we ever expected to, to have seen in live action, even like things like Korg and Meek, right? Like yeah. that type of like fun alien side of things and the Grandmaster even, like that stuff's so cool. So I think we'll get a lot more of that, but we also know we're going to get the Guardians in this movie as well. Right. Do you think that that's just going to be like a... Here's the intro. Now they're gone. Now it's a Thor story. Or do you think that some of them might stay behind with him? Something like that. 
I, I hope it's as much a Guardians of the Galaxy movie as it is a Thor movie. I That partnership made so much sense when they finally met in uh, the beginning of Infinity War and then at the end of Endgame. Like, as far as I, even though I think Taika and James Gunn have both said, like, no, it's going to be separate things. But, yeah, I think if the villain of the story is Gore the God Butcher, Peter Quill is a son of a celestial, like, it just kind of makes sense for him to stay there throughout the whole movie. Um, but I think Guardians Volume 3 is a separate story. I would imagine we might have a post-credit scene that sets up where the Guardians are going to show up next in Guardians Volume 3. Yeah, I think that that's the safest bet we could make for yeah. for where it's going. I do think that we'll also get one that's kind of setting up um, or concluding whatever Jane's story ends up being. If she continues on, a hint at where she'll be next. Um, or if she's not, like kind of like wrapping that up with a bow kind of and like, kind of answering where's Mjolnir going. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think we'll see Jane's story wrap up in the runtime of the movie. And I might be wrong. They might be setting up Natalie Portman to be one of their all-star, like, front uh, starting players. I just don't see it. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't Like, I understand Disney's trying to be uh, more, like, gender balanced, more inclusive. But if they just have all their, like, I don't think they're going to have all their characters just take being taken over by women i think they want to have a mix you know a, a truly balanced mix so i think right now we're seeing this really cool jason aaron comic storyline the mighty thor if you haven't read it uh anybody right. listening or watching this check it out it's such a great story this isn't just disney coming in saying we're doing this now no they're taking it from one of the best storylines ever um so i i think i don't know if the future i don't know if natalie portman wants to wants to do seven more titles, you know? I mean, I'm just surprised she wanted to do one more. I mean, I think yeah. that her showing up at Endgame, even if it was old footage, was one of the more shocking moments of that movie where it was like, what? Yeah. what? Like, she's I'm in this? Like, they're, they're referencing yeah. her in a direct way? Like, whoa, yeah. that's nuts. So yeah. uh, very, very cool to see her back. And I, I I wonder what that looks like. I mean, I know that Taika probably had a lot to do with that as well. Like, yeah. who would not want to work with Taika Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then Miss Marvel debatably coming before after um, Love and Thunder. We don't really know that yet. Um, but obviously, we're going to get a post credit of some sort setting up the Marvels. Do you think we see Carol Danvers in this show? Yeah, I, I think there's a the fact that Brie Larson showed up for the post credit scene of uh, of Shang-Chi like. Brie Larson is the most uh, a game for just showing up to some weird Marvel green screen studio and not even knowing what movie it's for, but just looking at an X on the wall and saying, where's Fury? And just saying, okay, yeah, use that. So I, I if she doesn't show up for this, I, I would be surprised. I think uh, the fact that this show is definitely going to be the prelude to the Marvel's film. Absolutely. I think both you'll see Monica Rambeau and Carol Danvers show up at some point in the show. I also think there's a good opportunity here to set up Secret Invasion, especially if Secret Invasion, they wanted to come out by the end of 2022. I would want this show to have some kind of reference to that. Mm, interesting. The Secret Invasion, if it were to come out at the end of this year, I think that might change my my theory on Marvel's and Black Panther switching spots. Okay. Because you'd imagine that that would probably kind of connect together in some way, shape or form. But We've learned this year and last year that just because we think stories are connected, like Loki and What If and WandaVision, they're not, and No Way Home, they're not necessarily connected. The multiverse is something we know very little about. Our head cannons, but aren't going to overtly reference each other necessarily. Uh, so yeah, I think Miss Marvel, that's kind of the safe assumptions is Captain Marvel, whether it's Monica or Maria or uh, 
um, Captain Marvel herself. Like that could yeah. be something in there. Uh, and then She-Hulk, I think that's one that's like, I imagine is going to be Shang-Chi level cameo galore, where it's going to be, uh, and by that I don't mean Shang-Chi, I mean uh, like Abomination and Wong, like those type of uh, characters where a lot of eyes are on dead uh, on Daredevil. Do you think yeah. we get that? See, yeah, I think this is where we're going to see Daredevil next, is on She-Hulk, as like either uh, Nelson and Murdoch is at the other end of the courtroom, Um I think maybe she takes on um, either as a client or someone she prosecutes the the Frank Castle case, you know, like I think this would be a great opportunity to introduce John Bernthal back into the MCU, like have him be Frank Castle in one of these trials. Like this show looks so weird. It looks like Ally McBeal a little bit as like a legal sort of comedy, you know, and anybody who might have needed a lawyer at some point in the Marvel world, get them on this show. Do you think that they might use She-Hulk to answer our question of what is the status of the Netflix shows, like kind of have it be the show that we see kind of multiple of these characters show up and yeah. give us just enough uh, hints and, and word things correctly of like, oh, wow, okay, this all is canon or is not. I mean, I, I think what you're asking is, do we want to see She-Hulk fuck Luke Cage? And the answer is a resounding yes, right? Like, <laughs> that's perfect. That's like, I want to see those two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. I, so we know that that show is going to be a little bit different in format too because uh it's 10 episodes that well, wandavision had nine but even wandavision had that kind of weird thing of the majority of the episodes being sitcom length right mm-hmm. i imagine she hulk might kind of adopt a similar uh premise where there's shorter episodes to fill out mm-hmm. the 10 maybe a bit more monster of the week to give us a little more opportunity to to get these cases in and, and fill out the world more possible we could also see like a david e kelly boston legal or ally mcbeal kind of thing where they're like 44 minutes like i could i could see that being the case too it's hard to know i mean jessica jones had such a great format on netflix where that was also kind of like a case of the week sort of thing uh and if they followed that formula of jessica jones i think this could be a really fun show yeah, and then obviously we're going to get Bruce Banner in it, right? Mark Ruffalo, we saw him in the the trailers. So do you think we're going to get a fair amount of him, or do you think it's going to be kind of like the scene we get in the trailer, and that's pretty much it? See, I think it's going to be like uh, what Rhodey was to the Falcon, the Winter Soldier. I think we okay. saw Don Cheadle show up, I believe, just that one episode, right? Unless he showed up mm-hmm. at the end. I can't really remember. I don't think uh, so. Yeah. I think he'll just be in that first episode to introduce how She-Hulk exists, like what was a scientific process of blood transfusion or gamma radiation that led to her becoming She-Hulk. And I think Banner's going to help explain that. And at that point, I think it's going to be her show. He might show up here and there, but you kind of want it to just be a, a, a Jennifer Walters show. I mean, there were all those rumors of uh, World War Hulk the uh, uh, movie, right? And like with that, it, like those, the rumors were like the ones backed up by like Hollywood Reporter and Variety. Like it, it felt like there is yeah. like, some validity to it so i don't know the timing of all that and i also even the distribution rights with universal technically still owning uh the 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 film rights i think um so i don't know how that would all play out but i I don't think it's a coincidence that she hulk is coming out this year um i feel like that is them kind of laying some seeds yeah i don't know what's going on with that because i haven't looked at these contracts but i really did think that like you have to keep making more hulk movies in order to retain the rights or maybe Marvel just has to shell out a ton of money. The fact that we already have a show called She-Hulk means that, like, presumably, 
you know, they could have a an, an MCU, Disney MCU Hulk movie at some point, even call it World War Hulk. I mean, um, I imagine the TV rights and movie rights are different. So that might be kind of the weird loophole that they're they're using there. But I, I think once the show happens, we'll have a much clearer uh, vision of where, where Hulk's going himself. Yeah. Um, and so then the next one, not MCU, but potentially connected in some way, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 coming October 7th, 2022. Yeah. Um, obviously, this thing could do anything. The first movie proved that that anything can happen, including Spider-Ham, and that was fantastic. They had the restraint to not have Toby or um, Andrew show up, which at the time I was like, how are you going to have a Spider-Verse movie and not have them? And right, now right. I'm so happy they didn't because No Way Home got to be that moment. But um, do you think that we get them or Tom Holland in this movie? I think so. If not in this movie in its post credit scene or in part two, uh, like the you watch the interviews with Lord and Miller, they're all but saying that this movie is absolutely going to they wanted to do it in the first one. They're going to want to do it in this one, in the second one. I'm just interested, you know, like, I don't know how you top what we're, we already know will be in this movie. Uh, the fact that the first end of the Spider-Verse ended with revealing Miguel O'Hara in that post credit scene. Now we see him swinging with Miguel O'Hara. They're going to meet Indy and Peter Parker in this movie. We're probably going to meet. Uh, we're definitely meeting um, Spider-Woman. Um, so what other ones are out there that we didn't see yet that really feel like a next tier over that? So it's interesting because a next tier over that, I'm not sure this is the answer to. But to a very large group of specific people, it would be the 90s Spider-Man cartoon uh, sure, with Chris yeah. Daniels voicing it or uh, Josh Keaton as for me personally, the spectacular Spider-Man. I would lose my shit if he was in that movie. So I feel like going uh, that route could be pretty interesting and they could have a lot of fun with it, especially with the the 60s Spider-Man cartoon being referenced uh, in the mm -hmm. post credits of the first one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All of those like uh, my head's gonna explode when i see so they're gonna have the 70s uh uh japanese spider-man show up in this uh just based off of the art they've shown i think we're gonna see a, an aunt may spider-man uh or spider aunt cool. may whatever it's called um so we're gonna see a lot of them i just don't know what the next like beyond what's beyond the multiverse i guess is my question <laughs> are we never happy also yeah. i want to give a shout out to chris anka in the the patreon live chat right now chris anka is one of the character designers on across the spider-verse so nice love you man love your, your watch right now. um but yeah i, I think that it, it is it, it's the fact that it's a part one is the the answer to me of like how to ratchet it up is like oh my god we're getting another one of those one year after like we're getting an infinity war Endgame type situation yeah. right there's no way that this movie ends and things are great <laughs> like yeah. there it has to end on a cliffhanger for us to to get back to so i'm most interested in that and i imagine that the post-credit scene will i mean potentially it could be as simple as post-credits has the live action uh spider-man we know even if it's just their voices and then it's like oh cool they're going to help the threat for the next movie but yeah, i can also see them wanting to keep it more about miles and gwen you know Mm -hmm. I, I I think we're overdue uh, some kind of cameo, even if it's like animated versions. We we hear their voices. I think that's the most sensical way. I would love if this movie explores like what the real web of life of destiny is. Like we haven't seen that anywhere yet, in outside of like animated series or in the comics. So to have like an animated version of Madam Web, 
uh, or whoever is going to be the elder statesman of the of the Spider-Verse explain what arachnofrequency is, uh, how every Spider-Man's magical abilities all come from this multiversal source. Uh, like giving us some kind of rules of the world or rules of the multiverse that could potentially apply in live action as well. That's what I want the most out of this movie. Uh, I don't know if, like, I don't know what the real threat is, which is one thing I loved about that trailer. We still don't really know. Is it like the inheritors, like those energy vampires who come in and? I hope so, man. Like that, yeah. I'll I'll never forget reading the Spider Verse original comic for the first time, and I was just blown away, man. I was like, this is freaking cool as all hell. And like, I was always a fan of the like the totem storyline uh, with Ezekiel mm. back in the day. Like the fact that this kind of picked up with that, I was like, this is this is super cool. And then we got Spider Verse out of it, the movie, which is like. Just a whole other level, man. Yeah. Um, but then, okay, moving on. Werewolf by Night. Uh, we got to assume it's October. It's, we got to yeah. assume it's happening this year uh-huh. just based on everything we're hearing. Um, I, any expectations from it? I want this to be like uh, almost what Rogers the Musical was. I, I want it to be a musical. The fact that it's Giacchino doing it, I want it to be mostly musical. I want it to be like Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, a spooky Halloween musical adventure. Uh like, cause I, what is this otherwise? Yes, it sounds like Albert uh, Garcia Bernal is playing uh, uh, Jack Russell, right? That's mm-hmm. the guy's name. Great name, um, great name for a werewolf, Jack Russell. It's the best. Uh, it sounds like this is gonna be a bit campy and a bit goofy, and that's exactly what I want it to be. I, See, that's I it's interesting holiday. you say that because I uh, am. Out of all these characters, I'm, I'm definitely least familiar with Werewolf by Night. Like, I don't think I've uh, even came across him in any comic or anything I've ever read. So it is kind of just reading Wikipedia a little bit to, to get up to date on this stuff. But I did not expect a uh, musical and I did not expect a uh, more fun, campy, spooky side that you're talking about. I did think it was going to be more just by name alone in line with the Moon Knight's Blades of the World. Is that mm-hmm. uh, a wrong assumption? I don't think it's a wrong assumption. Um, I think like I think all these people will cameo. So here's what I want. You know how like one of my, the best needle drop of the MCU to me is who's been messing up everything, and it's like the Munsters theme, Agatha all along. Like that's exactly the kind of musical aesthetic you want for a Halloween special. So like, what if it's like Agatha hosting a Halloween party with all the spooky characters of the MCU, and they all come over and hang out, and then one by one they're being picked off by a werewolf by night who's outside. And it's almost like, oh, what am I thinking? There's like YouTube series where characters, it's like murder mystery kind of thing. It's like a musical murder mystery is what I mean. Oh yeah, I forget the name of that. I don't know if that would be canon unless the whole thing was just like an illusion spell by Mm. Agatha. You wake up at the end and it's just like her trapped in her, her trance at the end of WandaVision still like gardening and brewing tea and stuff. So, I mean, with staying on Werewolf by Night for a second, the fact that it's not announced yet, I actually think is is interesting. Um, and we've seen it before with things like Black Widow, where it was many like a month into being shot before the movie was even officially announced. But uh, when do you see this getting announced? Like the last times we got major Marvel updates were uh, the Disney Plus Day, and then we had that that Marvel Studios like. Welcome back to the movies. <laughs> right, that they right. did. It's um, hype as hell. Uh, yeah. When do you think we see this kind of announcement? Well, we have uh, Comic Con in July. We have D23 in August. I think that would be a little too late to announce that. I think we're going to see it. Uh, I th- okay, so Moon Knight comes March 30th, and then you have April 1st, and that's quarter two. So they usually announce these things quarter by quarter. 
So I think early April is when we're going to... I think that's when Marvel Celebrates the Movies was. Wasn't that the first week of April, unless I'm mistaken? That sounds right, because they were yeah. trying to kick back into Fast 9 coming out and Black Widow and, and all of that. So stuff. At that point, yeah. they usually have to present to uh, to their investors the previous quarter's earnings and, and make some kind of statement about that. And usually they'll mix that in with some big announcements of things to come on the platform. So I would imagine first week of April, we'll start to see some big announcements and release dates. Do you think there's a chance that Moon Knight and like has a post credit scene that announces this? Ah, that's a good question. I I think for the kind of event Moon Knight is, I don't know if that audience is going to be the same audience that wants Werewolf by Night. As like a Halloween special, like it's different asking an audience to tune in week to week to see a, a dissociative identity disorder suffering victim go through the superhero arc versus I'm going to be gathering with friends at a Halloween party. What are we going to put on TV? Like, it, it feels like different audiences a little bit. It feels like you yeah. pitch by night to the people who watch that HBO Max Harry Potter uh, special event, you know? Interesting. I You're you're kind of blowing my mind with what you think Werewolf by Night's going to be. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see where it, where it shakes out. So hopefully April, we'll see. I, I think um, I'm going to love it no matter what. The fact that Giacchino's doing it is just... I know. I think it's it's, it's got to be such a weird format if they're giving it to Giacchino. Mm-hmm. Uh, then moving on from there, we have what we assume is going to be the Marvels coming out uh, in the place that is currently held by Black Panther. Um, Marvel's going to be dealing with a lot of stuff. I imagine setting up even some secret invasion, all that, whatever, depending on the order of things coming out. Uh, what cameos do you expect there and what post credits? Yeah, if it is setting up secret invasion, we're going to see some scrolls in the Marvel's. Uh, a, a pitch that I've heard a lot about for Captain Marvel 2 is to team her up with Rogue. They had that interesting relationship in the comics. Oh. To bring Rogue into this, especially if Multiverse of Madness is what they're waiting for to, re- to announce how the mutants are going to tie in, to have Rogue, the fourth member of that team, uh, could be such a cool way to introduce the future of like Rogue. Like I think back to X-Men 2000 and how awesome it was to see Anna Paquin as the focal character of that first X-Men. And then those movies all moved away from her. They even cut her out of Days of Future Past. And I think Rogue is such a fascinating character. Like that would be a focal character I want to start with, you know, in, in the MCU X-Men movies. Yeah, that's actually a, it's a great call. I do think that with the Marvels, it might be a little bit too much to add another lead when, uh, you know, Captain Marvel has the mixed reception that it has uh, from the audiences for good reasons bad reasons whatever you want to fucking say mm-hmm. uh and then you know with monica kind of being getting the step up treatment from wandavision and then which is really kind of one of the first times we're seeing a tv show character get like front facing uh you know title treatment in the the movie lightly you you get what i'm saying yeah, uh yeah. and then there's uh uh, Miss Marvel definitively getting that treatment of yeah. TV show to you are the star of this movie. I can see potentially Rogue being a post credit scene, right? Like mm-hmm. setting up uh, something for the future. That could be really cool. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think it's more likely that Rogue would be mixed in with the story after they announced that the title was going to be changed to the Marvels and that it's going to be a team of people. Like, to me, the jump between three uh, heroes to four isn't as big as a jump from one to two. But, yeah, that's uh, a good point. But I hear what you're saying. I, I think it's just most interesting that we, we're we seeing some Rambo-looking warrior in Multiverse of Madness, which makes me even more excited to see Monica, or if we learned something about Maria's backstory 
through this because I don't know if it's Maria Rambo or Monica Rambo, but it looks like one of them. The My money's that- on Maria with that one, and yeah. I think that the, that they would want to do that because we're we're hitting that point already of confusion and i'm not talking about the the general audience is going to be confused i think we're so past that that like you're either in and you get it or you're in and you don't get it but it's okay like people are just enjoying these movies and i think that for the people like us that are super into it um they're going to want to make calls that aren't confusing as much as possible logically going forward so Mm -hmm. i can see if we're getting monica to be such a, a a key feature in presumably secret invasion and definitely the marvels i can imagine them wanting to kind of have a different character that they're focusing yeah. on um with the the in multiverse of madness or however that ends up going i think you're right especially if we're applying what if logic to it i think the the clearest what if flipping of a coin there is what if uh maria rambeau photon got hit by the, yeah. the Kree shockwave instead of uh instead of carol danvers and then she became captain marvel um, yeah, but I think Secret Invasion. Uh, we need to learn more about the Kree versus Skrull conflict. Oh, I meant I meant the Marvels. We're talking about the Marvels. Uh, like, yeah, we need to learn more about the Kree versus Skrull conflict ahead of Secret Invasion. I think Secret Invasion. The true villains are going to be the Kree, not the Skrull. And the Marvels is a great opportunity to show us that. And again, we're in the the galactic side of the MCU. This is where. I would love to see the Fantastic Four and Galactus get introduced, Silver Surfer. Just, I imagine what these settings are gonna be. If we're going back to Hala, that's kind of like the kind of people you would imagine walking into frame there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then leading into Secret Invasion, if yeah. we're assuming it's coming out at the end of this year, that, that could mm-hmm. potentially add up. Uh, we know we're gonna get some Fury there. Do we think Fury's gonna die? Like at what point mm. does Nick Fury bite the bullet I don't think it's going to be in a TV show, hmm. but maybe at this point, I don't know. His kind of role, I think, has definitely served its purpose and then some. I don't want to see him go necessarily. And there was a a drought where we didn't have him for a while. But what do you yeah. think? I think Nick Fury has like died or disappeared or or like walked out of frame like like a cowboy into the sunset in so many of these movies. I think that would be his exit. Like every single one of these movies, Nick Fury walks out of frame as if we'll never see him again. And that's kind of the magic of the character. So I don't know if we'll ever see him die. There's always gonna be some implication that he either faked his death or or what you saw was a scroll who died or something, you know? Um yeah, I don't I don't think we'll see him die. I think he'll just kind of like have some mysterious exit where he goes off into space again or or falls into a dimensional rift or <laughs> wherever. Yeah. So Secret Invasion obviously going to be about scrolls we're going to get a lot of that stuff we we've seen scrolls now in captain marvel and then in the post credits for far from home which was another very shocking post credit scene like uh-huh. definitely wouldn't have expected to see scrolls in a spider-man movie um but we did so do you think that we see scrolls or specifically that characters we are familiar with are revealed to be scrolls before we get to secret invasion Ooh. I think that's going to be such the promise of Secret Invasion that uh, Marvel's not going to want to reveal that before. Like, that's going to be, that's the most exciting thing about having a Secret Invasion in live action is that any of the characters we've seen at this point could actually be scrolls in disguise and not in good ways, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, for me going into that, I'm wondering, like, is is Rhodey a scroll? Is is Happy Hogan a scroll? Like, I'm on constant scroll watch. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't want them to tell me who the big reveal is going to be uh, other than we saw Nick Fury and Maria Hill turn back into scrolls. That's enough. That's, that's plenty. Mm-hmm. For me. Um, 
yeah, I'm I'm just more excited to see like what cameos they're going to reveal. Um, who who else they can get in the show? This cast is already the most exciting cast of any announced Marvel project on Disney Plus that I've seen. They got Kingsley Benadire, Olivia Coleman, uh, Amelia like, Clark. Yeah, Amelia Clark. Like this is such a wild cast that like crap. It must be a great story if all of them are involved. Yeah really interested in it and then closing out the year guardians of the galaxy holiday special uh coming in december 2022 uh again absolutely love marvel doing something different and off the off the wall let james gunn have fun he just proved yeah. he can do no wrong with peacemaker um so i i expect we're gonna get something kind of fun here and i i my prediction is that it's gonna be more consequential than we would assume from just a holiday special he reveres the guardians characters so much that i imagine that of course this is going to be kind of a light setup to um like maybe a bridge between thor love and thunder and guardians 3 for the the group of characters but i think we might get a a, a big surprise or two in it i think so too uh, james gunn has talked about his love of the star wars holiday special from 1978 uh and technically according to lucasfilm according to dave filoni that star wars holiday special remains canon remains star wars canon especially with the mandalorian they, they call back a couple things from the star wars holiday special so um yeah i think you're gonna see something similar with the guardians holiday special my question is like what is the context is it just something that's for the tv streaming audience or is this something that they have to do for the collector or for the grandmaster or like they have to put on through to to make good on some deal they have to put on some kind of show uh, for for the Grandmaster to, you know, applaud from his dais. Um, the way that, like, when you ride the, uh, the Guardian's Mission Escape ride at Disneyland, like, there's kind of a story to it. I think mm -hmm. there's going to be something similar here. Yeah. Yeah, that could be cool. Well, Eric... I'm going to let you go here. We got through 2022. We have so many more projects to go. Like It's insane that we've only touched like 10 of these things. Uh, maybe we'll have you back on sometime and, and then continue to, to, back. to do the rest of it. I uh, definitely want to get MT on at some point as well. Yeah. And uh, we'll do this. But like I said, trying something different with this. Let us know in the comments below what you think of this MCU and preview. And if you want us to keep doing this type of stuff. But Eric, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EA Voss. Uh, of course, you can find me on the New Rockstars YouTube channel. Uh, just go to youtube.com slash new rockstars, search new rockstars. You, you'll see uh, some thumbnail with a big stupid red arrow in it, and chances are it's me. Um, and uh, yeah, keep an eye out. we got a bunch of great stuff coming out on the channel, a lot of projects in the works. Uh, but Moon Knight is coming, and we will be doing after shows, uh, breakdowns for all of it. So very exciting time. Hell yeah, I will be watching all of that, and so should you. They do amazing work over there at New Rockstars. Again, youtube.com slash new rockstars. Check them out, at EA Voss on Twitter. Until next time, I've been Tim Geddes. Love you.